All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Horror Football Podcast. I've got Jeremy Moss here going solo once again as our buddy uh, Matt Kennerly still uh, figuring out his uh, East Coast moving internet. Uh, you know, it could take a week or two depending what uh, provider's out in the area, but you got me once again going solo to chat about week zero. Oh, yeah, week zero. But first, MWR.com. Find our bowl reactions. Yeah, I'm already doing bowl previews every week for the season bowl projections, I should say. We got winners and losers that just post out there. I took over for Matt this week. We got recaps. We have all sorts of stuff going on. Top fifty countdown. We oh boy, we had to hustle to finish out, boy. That was a little little interesting thing going on to finish that up. Um, I think I finished up late Friday night, but Tory Horton, Rams wide receiver, number one on the list overall. Are you with us? Fight with us. Um Yeah, that that's good. Go go through and check those out. It's interesting. We have a pinned tab on the uh or excuse me, a drop down menu at the top. We also have like a pinned article with the top 50 list. Go check that out. Argue and fight it with us at MWC Wire on Twitter. It's a perfect place to do so. But we had games. Week zero was here. Three games. Not a ton going on, but there, there was a good amount going on because fo- I don't care. Football's back. We saw people on Twitter. I talked about in the uh, preview podcast momentarily. Guys like, well, it's just uh, your sick go fight the games. Like, it's football. It doesn't matter. I watched a little bit of everything. I watched Jacksonville State for a bit. Beat up by New Tech, but I did not watch Notre Dame. Yeah, I said Notre Dame, whatever. Versus Navy, because I knew that would be a blowout. But I watched, we watched our Mountain West games. It was great. We are here. We're going to recap the couple of games. So this will be kind of a uh, <coughs> excuse me, a quick-ish recap. We had three games. That's all we got. It's not going to be the big 12-game or hour-and-a-half show me and Matt will be doing. And I think our plan is going to be somewhere along the lines of like a Wednesday, Sunday, midday. Um, or excuse me, Wednesday Depending on what Thursday games, I'm not sure if there's many, but that's kind of our schedule. Probably Wednesday, Sunday, preview, recap type stuff. But let's just get to it. We got games, so I know every I know not everybody's oh, all twelve teams. Not everybody's playing today. It's fine. The first game, this is a game was not just for Mountain West, but kind of the nation to see a couple of things going on. It was on the uh, hidden gem, if I want to say gem, but the uh, I don't want to call it the death march of the Pac-12 network that won't be long, much longer after this year with the Pac-12 basically being poof done. You had USC hosting San Jose State. Yeah, it was 56-28. There's more to the story than it being a blowout of this game. There's a lot to like from San Jose State, and maybe not a lot to not like for USC. I know they play Nevada later on. I think it's actually next week, but it, that's going to be even a worse blow. Yeah, that's next week. So that's a uh, yeah, it's not going to be a good one. But for this game itself, it was it was close. It was seven zero at halftime, or excuse me, seven zero first quarter, twenty one fourteen halftime. Um, Spartan just couldn't go toe to toe, which makes sense. It's not the end of the world, but a couple things to notice, like Shavon Cordero. Yeah, there's a reason he's offensive preseason offensive player of the year. He, yeah, he, he had three touchdowns, made a big deep place, only 200 yards. Couldn't go deep all that often. He had like his longest pass was to a Nick Nash. We'll get to him materially, 32 yards for a score. But he was able to buy time. He was able to run. He's able to make plays on his feet. And what people wanted to see was like, okay, this USC defense, what do they got? Well, they made made they made some plays. But one thing we noticed, or I noted in the preview, was like how many turnovers they cost. They were plus like what one point five per game. They were legit dominant in turnover margins, one of the best in the country. They did not get a single fumble or turnover. They did no turnovers, no interceptions, no fumbles, nothing against uh, San Jose State. So that's good for the Spartans. They were able to go toe-to-toe in the first half. They got the ball first, didn't score, but they scored a couple in the second quarter. But a couple things we noticed was that was when you watch um, USC's defense, which, okay, Alex, we're going to say tackle, not tackle. It's so weird. Look at our buddy stuff at TrojansWire.com, so check them out for anything about this game. They have a ton of coverage, and next week as well. 
on that third and 20-something long running play, it's like, why is he blitzing like that? It's like, why not just drop deep and let Cordero find some tight end or somebody over the middle that's open for like an eight-yard gain and just tackle him? Like, what, what's the point of blitzing? Cordero burned them, made them pay for it. It's got a huge first down. Didn't change anything in the game, but it shows a couple of things that Cordero can do. Like, he moving with his legs, separating the pockets, rolling out, finding guys out there. So the offense played 28 points is good. Get a 56 knock and one was a special teams touchdown. But one dude, oh my gosh, who who was it? The uh Zachariah Branch, I think it was for USC. The yeah, the guy the true freshman from uh, Bishop Gorman. He had an amazing day in his first ever college game. Four catches, a touchdown, uh receiving, I think he had a kick return as well. Like he was yeah, he had a um, 96 yarder as well. Uh, he returns punch, so he was a tough guy for them to go up against. So Trojans had a good player, and USC or San Jose State had a tough time against him. But the big takeaway for this game, a couple things. Nick Nash, hello, three touchdowns, former quarterback. Huge game, six for 89. I mentioned that 32 long touchdown pass, but he had one catch, and he had like legit amazing burned anybody USC tried to put on him. And I was like, that's a huge game. Like you have a bat reserve, a guy who played quarterback a couple years ago was more of kind of a uh, dual threat, kind of a, oh, let's go run the ball with him, take the shotgun, do the direct snap type thing, not really throwing the ball. If he's going to be one of their best receivers, you have, that's really good. Like he came down, like he is pulling the, what, um, Ryan, was it Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, Ryan Tannehill was the Texas A&M. He's a quarterback, the receiver, went to play QB, obviously, in the NFL, doing quite well. But like he was a receiver in college for a minute, for a while, for Texas A&M. Like Nick Nash, if this is a guy where he can make these plays when they're going up against Oregon, like if they play Oregon State next week, we'll see what happens. It's like they got DJU and stuff playing over there, Johnson Smith leading that program as their head coach. But Nick Nash, huge star in this game. Charles Ross had a big game. And also, one thing that we should note, I, I didn't see why, but San Jose didn't have Justin Lockhart. Could be the, probably the best receiver. And so you got Nick Nash out there doing what he did. And that's amazing for. If Nick Nash could come to be that 1A guy, possibly, it could be a one-game aberration, but three touchdowns away he's catching the ball. If they Once they get Lockhart back in the lineup, like, this could be a legit offense. And also Utah Tech transfer at running back. They had uh, Quali Conley, and that's something me and Matt discuss all the time. Oh, Kyrie Robinson, can he be consistent? Can he do this? I know it's USC, so I don't want to take too much away when somebody plays amazing or bad. You take a little bit more and they play great. I know they're playing a lot of players in this game because they figured – most people knew USC is going to win regardless. They put in their starters or play backups more than normally do just to get them some experience, which is a smart play to do when you are a team that's better. And we know USC is better and Spartans did cover. So like myself, you take the plus 31, good to go on that one. Excellent move. But but Kyrie Robinson, 9 for 20 and a one touchdown. And he had a long of 20, so that's not great overall. But Quali Conley had a huge 57-yarder. Only six rushes, but 108 yards. He also got a couple passes. So there's a bright spot there where him getting the ball like a one-two punch perhaps. And we'll see. I believe he had 1,000 yards at Utah Tech last year. And that's uh, FCS school. Um, are they F- Yeah, they're still FCS. They're trying to move up to FBS in the WAC. But he played with the um, FCS last year, had a good season with them. And so him coming in and stepping up having a second running back is really good. And then also what they noticed about USC's offensive line that wasn't that great because uh, San Jose had a couple sacks, a couple TFLs, and I think their offensive line, like it won't matter to Mountain West play at the moment, but when they play better teams and Caleb Williams sidestep, sidesteps around, tries to get open because the offensive line isn't all that great, they got some problems. But Trey Smith had a huge game. 
sack and a half, two and a half TFLs. So that's um for a really good player, one of their best, obviously, defensive linemen. But overall, the game, it's kind of what I expect. I was hoping to be a little bit closer. Take away, if they didn't have a special team touchdown, 28-49, I was hoping a little bit closer. But that third quarter, they came out a little bit slow. USC came out and just like, oh, we're done screwing around. Would it be in halftime, a one-possession game, 21-14? to And that happens. But what doesn't help is uh, punt return for uh, punt return for the touchdown, right, that happened. And that's... Yeah, that's when USC went up 28-14. They had, yeah, so there's those type of plays right there. USC, it did go back and forth after that, but it was it was never really a game. Once it got to return for a touchdown, I'm going to go up 35-21, 49-21, all those type of things. It's, yeah, it's a mess. It's not. It wasn't great that second half. Them scoring three, 20, being outscored 21-7. But there's bright spots. So they play Oregon State next Sunday. That's going to be a game to watch. I think it's going to be quite interesting. And, the Spartans seem like I put them in like a dark horse team to win the conference. I don't know if they will, but if they have a second running back in Quali Conley, if they have Nick Nash, he's going to step up and be a legit receiver. They get Justin Lockhart back. Trey Smith, Trey Smith's going to be the next defender taking over for guys like Kate Hall and Vlami Fahoko from last year. There's lots like in this game. USC is just too powerful, and that's how it went. 56-28, solid performance. Scored some points. That's what you wanted to see. That's kind of my main thing. If they can make a couple defensive plays, which they didn't get any interceptions. And what the play kind of stunk for them was when Caleb Williams dropped this bad snap, dropped it, and still chucked it up for a 70-something touchdown. That's that's not great. That's, that's yeah, that's not a, a play you want to see. So there's a couple things to shore up some deep passes because USC had at least 10 plays over 10 or more yards receiving. So you got to clean that up a little bit. Rushing was okay. They had a bunch of guys get about five yards of carry, a few touchdowns. But like Austin Jones had nine yards of carry. A couple of guys did did some pretty good things. So it's a fine game. It was a, closer than I thought. I'm score. I'm fine with. I, I was hoping a little bit closer, but that's for that one. Fifty six twenty eight. And I'm not going time order. I just had this one up first because I want to talk about it first. Ohio and San Diego State. Oh my gosh. Okay, I had hopes. I had high hopes for this. Okay, San Diego State won. Let's start that way. 20, 2013. This is not how I want to start the game. People like, you just bash the Aztecs. You hate that team. That's not the case. I was hoping with Ryan Lindley, former gunslinger, throwing the ball for San Diego State about a decade ago, they'd open up, open up the offense a little bit. Um, they they weren't shotgun more with Jalen made. And we figured, okay, they'll use his legs a little bit more. Um, they'll just get the ball to other players down the field. It's just... It didn't go all that well. The one bright spot, I will say, for the offense, which is great, the first time they had a two-touchdown tight end in, a, in quite a few years when he had Mark Redman, five for 62, a couple touchdowns. Um, receivers were fine. Like, Mickey Shaw did okay. But the game is like, the running game was like, it was all right. It wasn't what it was. There was a couple big plays early on. But to be honest, the game was just kind of boring. It was 10-6 at halftime. Both teams were missing field goals. They win, like the defense, nobody really stood out. Cody Moon had the uh, fortunate, there was New Mexico transfer, had the uh, sports flight conduct where freaking dude leaves his feet to tackle, go after the quarterback. 11 tackles for him. But one thing that would have literally made a difference, Aztecs could have lost, Curtis Rourke. Quarterback, we t- I talked a ton about in our preview. Mac Rainey, offensive player of the year. Um, actually, what's he play there? I remember he tore his ACL in November. Maybe he still got the award, but I don't recall. But a really good quarterback. One of the best in the MAC. One of the best beyond that as well. 8 for 10, 75 yards. Left the game with an injury. Um, but 
their coaching staff. Well, it was on. It looks like he was I'm trying to remember the play. Oh, yeah, he was sacked on a blitz. Coaches are optimistic, not overly concerned. Took him out. Didn't play um, play much play much longer. Went to the dark ten out there. Um, coaches like Curtis want to go back in, but Coach Albin's like, "You are not. No, you are. Nope. You're sitting the game out. It's a non-conference game. It's not going to impact us if we're if they're going to try to win the MAC that year." But like um, Tim Albin's like, "Nope, we're not. Nope, we're not dealing with that. We're not going to." Make a big deal about it. We're just gonna chill. We're gonna hang on. They and they him like he was playing quite well. They there's a chance that San Jose State could have won the game because we look at their backup quarterback situation when they brought in it was uh, C.J. Harris. He it was okay. He he it could have been better. Cause he had the three interceptions. So I apologize. And Aztecs defense do well. He had the three picks. He threw, but they he was just they were not afraid to throw the ball against that team. Like they had guys who made plays like Sim Wog will. Wiglets, Wiglets, who we uh, discussed in the previous well, hundred yards, only one touchdown on the on the game, and they're when they completed passes, they're doing well. But like they threw forty one freaking times. Have they had work in there? Who again? Eight of ten before he got pulled from the game due to injury. Um, they're just gonna check it earlier. Coaches never get into specific, but he's not too concerned about it. Um, they're just playing it safe. That's all what it was, and so. That could have made a difference in the game. So, so San State's secondary did great. The three picks, that was obviously a highlight for them, and that was a way for them to seal the victory because it came down to the end, 13-20, to 20, and they got the interception. Like they, Here's how it went down at the end of the game, if you weren't paying attention. It's up 20-6. I'm like, oh, they got this taken care of. They won that nice six-and-a-half-minute drive. They go down the score. Then Mark Rediman's second, second touchdown, touchdown, who was wide open, was like, okay, you're going to drop off coverage when you're at second to goal? It's like, why are you not pressing off the line, Ohio? What, Bobcats, what are you doing there? So he got the touchdown. Okay, then Ohio does a lengthy drive, 15 plays, goes down and goes down the scores. And then San Diego State, this is very interesting play at the end. So it's 4th and 3 at the Ohio 36. And I know they have Jack Brownie who can make field goals, but that would be a 46, 53-yarder when you're uh, up 7. It's like, do you punt? What do you do here? Like, it's a weird... You're in just a weird spot. So go for it. And Jalen Mayden just runs for one yard up the middle. Mostly it's like, okay, we'll make him go 60-something yards. And they drove a little bit. They drove a little bit. And then once they got... Because they got to San Diego Territory. And the Aztecs, their own 33. Or the Aztecs, 33. They got the interception. C.J. Harris had his third of the game. So defense came up big when needed. But, man, like, Matt Brown, who I know is extra points. Like, it's like freaking watching Iowa football. It's like, ugh. Give me something there. They were in shotgun, which was great. Jalen Maiden... Two touchdowns, no picks, 17-27. Looked like a Christian Chapman-esque type of game. 100, only 164 yards. But when it came down to it, like Jalen Armstrong looked good running the ball. Only eight attempts, but half his yards came in one play. They did have uh, Kenan Christian, or Kenan Christian, excuse me, did pretty well. About four yards of carry. So running game wasn't bad. This is just a typical San Diego State game, and I was just hoping, man. I'm just, guys, just give me something to, I have faith in Maiden, like watching what he did last year when he came over from a DB to play quarterback. Give him something to do. Like, Aztecs weren't productive on third down, 4-13. The last fourth down conversion, like, whatever, one of two. I don't really count it too much. Penalties weren't that big a deal. But, again, the third down conversion was just not good. And that's a problem. And Ohio's a good team, so this is not like, oh, they barely beat up on a bad team. Ohio Ohio wants to win the MAC this year. And I guess, overall, it wasn't terrible. I just, they shut down for field goals. And they have Browning. Like, let him kick the ball. Definitely let him do it. Two for three, made long a 49-yarder. So he, we know he can make plays. But they need to throw the ball a bit more. Cody Moon had 11 tackles, who, again, who I mentioned had that had the uh, penalty on him. 
But there was not much. There's only, only two sacks, three TFLs, nothing crazy against him. But the secondary just took care of business and picked off any attempt C.J. Harris had to do, which is why I think if they'd work in the game for Ohio, could have been a different story when Essex played a team with a more experienced quarterback and now the guy coming off the bench who goes 18-41. Because Ohio was not afraid to... They were not afraid to to challenge a secondary. Maybe they should have been because of three picks. And so that's the thing where they probably should not have done that <laughs> so many times because it's only a seven-point game. The running game, like um, Sia Bangura, apologies, that's incorrect, did okay. 65 yards and 15 carries. You had Oshan Allison, who had about the similar production on per-play basis, but Aztecs just kind of stuff, stuffed anything Ohio wanted to do. And again, that's not a bad thing to have a defensive team just to beat the beat the crap out of somebody, which they did. But I just want San Diego State to give me a few more points. That's all I'm asking for, people. And then there's people complaining the stadium, not very full, not this, not that. I don't know what to tell you, people. I'm not from San Diego, but it's nice weather. Not as hot as last year. I've heard parking's ridiculously expensive. I think somebody said 45 bucks to park. I'm like, that's a lot. And there's a million things to do at San Diego. Like People say, oh, there's the beach. There's this taco thing. There's a surf competition. I get it. And the hope lies with they're not playing in the gigantic Qualcomm, Jack Murphy, whatever you want to call it, whatever it was a couple years ago. <laughs> I forget the name that got exploded. That was like 80,000. So even if they packed in 40, it looked empty. That's 30-something thousand. Didn't look big either. And so... I don't know what to tell Aztec fans. Like, you get to win. Who cares? Like, who cares? Shut people out. You win 2013. won defensively. Yeah. Everyone wants their offense to be better. But they played well enough to win. They got Idaho State next week. They host UCL, UCLN. Big boy CBS. So we'll see how that game goes in a couple weeks. Because, excuse me, uh, Bruins have a new quarterback of their own taking over for DTR. So that's something to look forward to down the road. But just give me some offense next week for Idaho State and kind of get things going. And I think there's a good base here. Because the main thing, for what we've seen from Aztecs historically when they're really good, don't turn the ball over, a fish on offense, and a, and a very, very good running game. All they missed for this week was a very, very good running game. Because Jalen Armstead, Armstead did fine, but half his yards came one play. I know they'll count people, but I want something a bit more consistent. And maybe Maiden can get to 200 yards a game or something like that. If they wanted to go to that blueprint with Christian Chapman, if they're doing that, they got to have a better running attack. That's about all i got to say. All right, final game of the weekend we're talking about. Again, this is going to be a quick podcast. I know I speak fast, so I apologize if you're rolling this on 1.4 speed. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. that probably ruined everything for you. Vanderbilt 35, Hawaii 28, Hawaii Warriors all the way out in the islands, away from the islands, excuse me, not in the islands. Oh, man, this game, 35-28, wasn't looking great when they're down 21-14, down 14-7 the first quarter. First off, the camera angles, man. What is going on? Like, I know they're under construction. Like, there's the construction zone in the far right corner. corner. I'd, I was chuckling watching any extra pointer field goal that bounced. You see the ball bounce off the scoreboard, which, oh, by the way, was being held up by cranes. That was the in the eyesight or the view side of watching games wasn't great because there was a scoreboard. There's a, if you haven't seen the videos, go look it up. Construction stuff in the end zone, scoreboard being held up by. Cranes and then the visiting locker room for Hawaii was tense, so that's how Forge Out came out to be. But one good thing about this game is a lot of proceeds went toward the Maui Strong Fund to help with the wildfire relief out in Hawaii, so that's a, a obviously great positive in this game. And the game itself, Braden Shager looked really good and also not good. So, the biggest play of the game for me that made a big difference was that f- first off, is they called the touchdowns long play. 
They called it a touchdown, but Hawaii player fumbled it at like the half yard line. Got you can't advance the fumble in college, which is weird, whatever. But it was recovered in the end zone. Unless I think unless it's the same player that picks up, I believe that's the correct rule. So that was at the half yard line, no touchdown, which would have been great. There's about six minutes left in the first quarter. I believe there's a false start, so up to five. He throws a Schrager throws a badly underthrown fade, down seven points. Hope Vanderbilt gets the ball. Not to say that made the make or break the game. There were two picks in, overall, but that that's a key point. But what a couple of things that were great, like Schrager was chucked about 350 yards. Hello, uh, profile um, receiver. Who is it here? Uh, Profel Ashlock. Trying to say these names, new names, right? 127 yards. Stephen McBride, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Those two guys had about 215, 220 yards on the day of receiving. They had three touchdowns. Running game is non-existent. It's like Tyon Hines, which we expected to play well in this new run-and-shoot offense, where I know last year he averaged about seven, seven, eight yards per carry, but on few attempts. He only had nine attempts, 15 yards, not great. But the game itself, the cup, what, one of the best things in the game, Braden Traeger is going to be a really, really good quarterback, which we've known, I've known, because him being an experienced signal caller there. And to me, changing in year two, it's like, okay, how, what's, what type of step are they really going to take, people? What are they going to do? And, man, that rush defense was legit. They, I know it's Vanderbilt, so whatever. They held them to 1.9 yards per attempt. Their leading rusher, Patrick Smith, had 30 yards on seven carries and a long of 21. They were just beating the crap out of that Vanderbilt offensive line to get into the backfield. There were three sacks, nine TFLs. Andrew Troy had a big day. Isaiah Tufaga had a big day with three TFLs. You had a huge game up front on the defensive line just stopping what anything Vanderbilt wanted to do. And, yes, A.J. Swan played well, had three touchdowns, no picks. Under, did okay, just over 50%. And they had a couple. The big part of the second, like the secondaries, man, I thought well, like Cam Stone or those type of guys, they'd be really good back there. But, man, Cam Stone did TFL, but he's getting beat down the field. They had eight passes over 10 or more yards. They had... Let's see, one, two, three, four, five over 20 plus. So that the deep ball was an issue against this Hawaii secondary, and that's a problem. So when they play team, like AJ Swan's a pretty good quarterback, but when Hawaii goes up against teams that are going to, uh, you know, throw the ball down the field, I'm trying to double check their schedule here. But when they're playing, um, let's see, Oregon, okay, they're going to lose that regardless. When they're playing, ooh, actually, this may not be that big a deal for a while because. You know, Oregon and Bo Nix obviously really good. New Mexico State lost to UMass, not great. UNLV, Doug Brumfield could be interesting. But for teams that historically throw the ball a lot, like San Diego State, we just mentioned, no, not the case. Um, then you have San Jose State. Yeah, they'll throw a lot. And then you have CSU. So that secondary may not be too big of an issue. It may hurt them when they're playing teams that can't that shouldn't be expected to throw the ball well, but then they do. Um so that, that's a big concern. But back to the quarterback play for the other team, Schrager in Hawaii. Like, he had the game-sealing interception, which I did our winners and losers. I'm like, ah, I could put him winner. He had a really, really good game. But that one interception in the first quarter, not great at all. And then when Hawaii's trying to drive the end of the game, they get to pick, the game gets picked off. Um, to uh, Basically, they're driving down the field. I think it was, uh, who was it, Dalen Morris who got the interception on that last drive. Not great, but the performance is good. Like, dude, last year they lost by 50 freaking points to Vanderbilt at home. They come out on the road. Yeah, it's Vanderbilt, not the best team in the SEC, projected to finish quite low. 
But they, there's a lot of stuff you like about this game. The only thing I'd like to see better is better, um, a little bit better from Shager to not throw the ball away on those bad passes for interception. There was, I think, was there special teams touchdowns? I'm trying to remember with just the couple games we saw. Yeah, there was a kick return, which didn't help. 97-yarder by J.D. McGowan there. That was a big blow. And just a couple small things here and there. Run the ball a little bit better. But, dude, Shager's offense, 350 yards? Whew, give me 27 and 35, only eight incompletions, two or picks. That is really good. So he's going to be a guy to reckon with. And they get whatever, whoever they play, when they play all these teams, when they play Stanford, when they play the rest of the Mountain West, San Diego State, when they're playing Air Force, Wyoming will be interesting. And up front, the defense, yeah, 35 points when you have a special team score. And that doesn't help. But the secondary is the biggest concern. I have secondary for Hawaii. And they're running the ball more consistently. Clean those up. They had a chance, like they were they were in this game. A couple plays here or there. They weren't great on third down, three even eleven. I do love the aggressiveness on three three or four and fourth down. They were obviously minus two turnovers, a few more penalties than you'd like, but there's a lot to like about this Hawaii team. And maybe Vanderbilt only went three games, but I'm just thinking about what they can do and what Hawaii's shown. Like, play this way for Stanford. Stanford ain't getting off the bus. Like they're gonna smoke Troy Taylor and Stanford. They got not much going on. Let me just double check. They play the late game tomorrow, not tomorrow, next week. Right now, the new FPI has Stanford only a 55% chance to win that game. So there's legit possibilities where they're going to come in versus Stanford, host them, and get a win over a soon-to-be former Pac-12 team, however you want to call it. But I did like what I saw in Hawaii, even though in the loss. Like, there's a lot to like with San Jose State, San Diego State. There's always things here or there to get to. But, man, we are here. Week zero is in the books. Again, told just be a quick one. It's not even 30 minutes, folks. Unless I can ramble, ramble about something else, we'll see. Probably not. But I, it, but I lo- all the games are great. Like, watch, like, again, all these games are awesome. Just take in as many games you want. Find a team you don't typically root for. And like, oh, I'm going to watch this game this week. But it's a good start for the Mountain West, non-conference play. They get the Ohio win. They did go one and two, losing a couple of power conference teams. But they were, they held themselves a, a lot because I was listening to some other podcasts and he, the big thing, all the big questions. Ooh, what's USC going to do? What's this? What are they going to do? And San Jose State proved against USC what people thought that they're not great defensively. They have offensive line issues, but then again, they can score a ton of points on offense and have some great new talent like their true freshman receiver Zach um, from uh, Bishop Gorman, was it Zachariah. Something I don't have his name in front of me. I don't care at the moment. Apologies for their <laughs> their family if I'm disrespecting you and you're listening to this. But man, it was a it's a good week. To, a good. Uh, appetizer to set the table for week one and beyond so we'll be back next week uh again a couple of days probably wednesday-ish to preview these games hopefully matt's all settled in and you can hear him and me chatting about these games but check us out mwr.com we got all the stuff up on the site predictions previews bowl news all that type of stuff coming yeah bowl news it's early i know uh we'll have stuff like i forgot i honestly i totally forgot we do winners and losers every week matt put that out um, i'm gonna try to do our quarterback ranking all year long and that takes some time so I'm going to hopefully work on that pretty soon to get that going middle of the week. But I appreciate everybody who listens to the show. Again, Twitter, MWCWire, MWR.com as the website. And football's here. We're back. And we'll see you next week talking week one with a full slate of games.